0: This is episode 129 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, my friend, welcome to the Coaching for Pastors podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I've been a pastor for 35 years. I hail from the great state of Iowa, and I'm in the thick of it with you. So we are serving together week in and week out. And yesterday on episode 128, I talked to you about preaching, four considerations. And today I want to talk to you about five considerations when thinking about your people in preparing a message. So you're getting a message ready, you're getting a series ready, and it's your side of it where you're putting the message together, you're studying, you're selecting scripture, You're doing some exegetical work on the scripture, some homiletical work, some delivery uh, structure, and you're thinking through illustrations, applications. but, But there's other considerations like your people. So let's think about five considerations. Number one, who are you preaching to, right? Are you talking to kids or teenagers or adults? But But more than that, you're likely talking to your adults in in either a small group setting or a larger group setting. You're either on a platform or you're in a living room and you're with a group of adults. You want to think about their education. What's the education level of your people? Because that's going to inform how you're going to preach to them. I once uh, preached to a church where there were a lot of CEOs, a lot of master's degrees, PhDs, doctorates. There were a lot of professors and business owners and teachers, uh, doctors, lawyers. And I could preach a certain way there and get away with it just fine, and another church that I preached at was mostly blue-collar factory workers and uh, people in, in industry and in manufacturing and in the service industry, and so I had to preach a little bit differently there. So education and vocation, I guess I just covered that. What is the vocation of the people in your church? What are their family situations? Are you preaching to a lot of single-parent families? Are you preaching to the grandparents that are raising their children? Are you preaching to a large group of uh, kids or, or teenagers that are adopted, or maybe even adults that were adopted? So their family situation is going to inform how you're going to preach to them, their life struggles and their challenges. Uh, what are they? Have you ever made a list? What are the struggles of the people in your church? What are their real needs, the real, like, felt, experienced needs in their lives? It would be good to just take a legal pad and just start writing down. Think through the families. Put, you know, Think through names of people. There's John and Mary, and then there's, you know, Stephen and, and, uh, and George and Bill, and you just start putting down and start writing down what are their real needs. And it really gets you connected to the real lives that these people are living. Because we can often, in our pastor's offices and studies, we're thinking about, you know, the Greek and whether it's aorist or passive or active and all this stuff. But these are just people that want to hear from God. And think about what, what their context is but their geographical context is their cultural context, their spiritual maturity level, the context of their spiritual life, and and etc. all of those things. So you got to think through who are you preaching to. Second consideration, what do you want them to experience through your message? What about their thoughts? What do you want them to think as you're preaching? What kind of thoughts do you want them to experience? What kind of emotions do you want to bring out confusion? something that you can then clear up? Do you want them to have a problem that you're going to help them solve? Do you want them to get angry? Do you want them to be uh, hopeful? What kind of hope do you want them to experience? Do you want them to be happy? Do you want them to be in suspense or feel tension? And then do you want them to experience conviction? And what realizations do you want them to experience? Like, Oh, I never knew that before. I just realized this. This is like new this is like new news to me. And then again, what hope do you want them to experience? You want them to walk out feeling like, "Oh, I've got a second chance here. I've 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 got a I've got a clear path ahead of me. I have hope." The third consideration is, where do you want to take them? What's the journey? And really, there's only two questions here. You have to define for yourself, where are they when you begin? What's their what's their GPS location, right? Where are they when you begin? And then where do you want them to be at the end? If you see them as confused or in trouble, do you want them to have clarity or or to be delivered from something? The fourth consideration— What do you want them to do because of your message? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to do, and when do you want them to do it? Is this something that's going to happen over days or weeks or months? Or is this something that they could leave the church building, drive home, and really begin to work on right away? And what resources are you giving them to do this, to apply the teaching from this lesson? And what will happen? if they do it, if they do it. And then what's going to happen if they don't do it? So now I, I, I realize that as I'm saying this, I'm dancing all around the issue of guilt and manipulation. We We don't want any of that. But let them know, you know what? God's going to be fine, but you're not going to be blessed. And God might be even a little grieved because he can't bless you if you don't do this. So what's going to happen if you do it? What's going to happen if you don't do it? So what do you want them to do because of your message? And then finally, the fifth consideration, when they leave, when they leave, why should they want to come back to hear you again? Why? It'd be great to write that out, specify that. They will want to come back to hear me again because, because I gave them hope, because I was honest with them, because I was real because I'm going to be interesting, because I'm going to speak to uh, a a need that they really have in their life. Not some imagined, manufactured need that I think they, they have or should have, but a need that they know that they have. Like Write that out. Why should they want to come back to hear you again? So these five considerations as you think through preaching to your people, which honestly, if I'm like you and you're like me, over time, we, we hit these we hit these times when we're just kind of on autopilot. We feel like we know our people, there's nothing more to teach us, we understand them, we know what we're doing. No, we don't because we know what we're doing for us, how we want to preach, but unless we're actually Sitting across the table and thinking about the person on the other side who's listening to you, or sitting down in a chair in your auditorium or meeting room, wherever you meet, and considering who your people are, and actually going through these five things Who are you preaching to? What do you want them to experience through your message? Where do you want to take them? What's the journey? What do you want them to do because of your message? And then when they leave, why should they want to come back to hear you again? These things will help you, Pastor, if you uh, work those through and actually write them down on a legal pad. Dawson Trotman said that thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and pencil tips. Or in this day and age, pass through the lips and fingertips when we talk them out or when we write them out. Thoughts disentangle themselves, and your understanding of your people and the clarity and effectiveness of your message will be better if you go through this process. Five considerations for your people. Pastor, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being a pastor. Thank you for being a shepherd to your people. Thank you for the people you've cared about already this week, for the emails you've sent, for the phone calls you've made, for the text messages that you've replied to or initiated for the people that nobody else this week in your church has thought about but you've thought about them thank you great is your reward in heaven God sees these things he does he sees these things and he knows and I know I know that you're doing them because you're the pastor and I know that oftentimes nobody thanks you nobody even knows you do it nobody else is thinking about it but thank you for doing that I appreciate it, and I'm so happy for your people that you're their pastor. And I'll be back to talk to you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.